This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Man, so bringing in the conscious shop most recently, DL in the generous is, you know, swirling in, 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 in. I feel like all over timelines, especially if they hit a liberal like mine, you know what I'm saying? I went to school with a whole bunch of liberals, you feel me? But shout out to everybody that's living unapologetic and black and things, you know what I'm saying? I ain't black, I mean, I ain't, I ain't a Democrat, I'm black. But listen, Ellen DeGeneres show is under internal investigation by the Warner Media following a series of allegations of racism and workplace bullying and, work ta- and workplace intimidation, as well as other mistreatment by employments uh, of the uh, popular daytime sh- talk show. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a personal familiar, a, a, a person familiar with the situation has confirmed with NPR on Tuesday that the Warner Brothers has begun an investigation into complaints on a toxic workplace behavior behind the scenes at the show. It's been apparently like uh, 11 unnamed people that's first current and former employees. Um, with this kind of subtitle, this conscious shot being Ellen and allyship, my question, my first question to y'all is, does these current allegations influence how you see Ellen the generous in terms of being an ally for race and racism, Black Lives Matter? And also to throw on to this before y'all say uh, before y'all respond, uh, it's been swirled around allegedly that Ellen the generous is thinking about ending the show. Uh, definitely heard those same rumors. Go ahead, um, get it in for you. I think I am about uh, I because I live in the area or whatever. I kind of have a beat on LA Twitter a little bit, and so I follow a lot of stuff and see a lot of stuff. And so it's not even news to me that a lot of people are turning on Ellen because a lot of people be tweeting like she is terrible. Like I've worked for Ellen, I work at the studio, I do this, I do that, I'm assistant, I do whatever, and she is whatever. And I've read whole threads about horrendous behavior, horrendous, don't talk to me, don't look at me, uh, just really like very pompous behavior that she's had over time in the studio. So I'm not really overly surprised. And what you will do to white people, you will doubly do to niggas, okay? And you will triply do to women and other people who don't um, do their women thing or their queer thing like you do. She's very entitled from what I understand. It has a sense of, you know, I paid a price. I, I made and claimed my way. So everybody else is just kind of beneath me. And I think it's what, you know what I'm saying? Because we honestly, how did she get bumped up to allyship? Number one, you know, I think <laughs> a lot of black people gave her credit and credibility. You know what I'm saying? Because she's she been out here for a minute, had her show, whatever. She's been relevant in pop culture since I've been a kid. But until Barack Obama got on there with his dad jeans, doing his little dad jean dance, niggas wasn't even on her radar. So how she got dubbed the ally is still real skeptical to me, real unclear to me, because I can't think yeah, of nothing. I think she didn't put some black people on in terms of... It was a nigga from Kansas City. A nigga from Ooh, Kansas City. Taylor Allen. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I gave a position and gave an opportunity. I, re- I need to go read some of his tweets and see what he got to say here lately. Um, it's always interesting to see niggas who get put on, and I, I feel for them because they end up having to answer for people. Like when B. Simone got in her mess, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, uh, my homeboy, uh, no, Dominique, you know, Zach that debated, Hinton. yeah, Zach Hinton is worse with B. Simone, her assistant, her right hand man, her whatever. But every video B. Simone posts, the nigga that went to high school with Dominique and that debated with us in BKC be right there. Oh, uh, yeah, shout out to that. Yeah, he was on the debate team, uh, coming up. <laughs> he uh, went to uh, Kappa from UMKC. Shout out to Zach doing his thing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So 
it's like weird because you see these people who have to deal with some of that. It was Desi didn't have to deal with that because he was in his own bullshit on the internet when be small went up and smoke. But <laughs> you know, it's just it's 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 kind of crazy to watch and see. And so Ellen, I'm not surprised just because the conversations I've been watching, but I'm trying to figure out who dubbed her ally in the first place and how she earned it. Hey, but I just I just seen over the years, I've seen a lot of black people go to bat with for for Ellen DeGeneres in terms of other black people trying to criticize her or trying to have a criticism for her in terms of being like, hey, she's still complicit or she still might do this or do that. And they said, nah, nah, this, that, and the other. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe, then, maybe it's not as many as I thought. But well, I, I mean, it's, it's more than you think, though. Because to answer to your question, you may ask yourself, why? But I think what Ellen has been able to successfully do mm-hmm. is orient herself to black celebrities in a way that that gave her that like that sense of allyship. That and even when she's not, she gets away with being this harmless, if not funny and adorable white woman. You know what I'm saying? Right. She was gay. She was gay before it was cool. You know what I'm saying? She, I, I remember she came out in the 90s when it was like, yeah. damn, like I remember even thinking because we, hey, we kids, she gay. I learned is that Ellen DeGeneres, I believe, and Angela Davis came out lesbian the same year. And just that, based off of how you know the media is, everybody ran with the Ellen DeGeneres in 2020, it, it came full stream. A lot of people still don't even know that Ellen yeah. Davis, you know, what I'm saying, is lesbian. You know, and oh, came out. Publicly I as never, a never knew it. Never heard. Yeah, came out as a, uh, the same year in like in '97 when 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 uh, when uh, what you call it did. Yeah, I mean, so but but a part of that problem, George, is that this is the thing that, and you know, I always speak against it. It's that that celebrity culture. It's like we we deify celebrity personalities and then we create who they are in our head, kind of like you know how we like, like Beyonce. <laughs> nah, Beyonce talented. What the fuck you talking about? We're not gonna do listen, y'all not gonna make it sound like I'm in the motherfucking beehive. We're not gonna do that. Yeah, you're in the beehive, but fam. shit, fucking Ellen can't Ellen can't drop it like it's hot like Beyonce now. You better stop playing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, we still hey. Drop it like it's hot. I just want to but, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately <laughs> though, the over 30 podcast. I'm gonna shout out, give Damo a podcast. He got his own oh, yeah. shout out to the over 30 podcast. Man. We yeah. get it cracking. Hey, that's where if you want to hear me talk about bullshit, celebrity shit, you I'll talk I'll talk about that shit on the over 30 podcast. Shout out to uh my my cuz uh comedian yeah. Tez Carter, my yeah. co-host. But yeah, what you about to say, George? I think the the way that all three of us have kind of characterized Ellen DeGeneres kind of brings me to this uh, final second uh, segment question to this culture chop in terms of Ellen and allyship, you know. So we know that white people assume niceness is the answer to racial inequality almost all the time. You feel me? It's like they feel like if they can smile and cheek their way into, you know, out of a racial kind of tension situation that they show that improves that they are. You know what I'm saying? A good person. You feel Certified. Me? Yeah. <laughs> Certified, you know. Thus, it becomes essential for white people to quickly and eagerly telegraph that niceness to people of color. Niceness in this instance is conveyed through a tone of voice. You know, it's light. It's the eye contact accompanied by smiling and conjuring up infinity ways of sharing employment. I mean, uh, sharing enjoyment of music genre or, you know, how you something eat or your hairstyle or statements you said, you know, uh, what is one of y'all's uh, kind of two-pronged question? What do y'all think of 
Ellen DeGeneres in terms of how she's been able to deploy the politics of niceness. And then what is kind of your experience with the politics of niceness in regards to racism? I'm gonna go for it. Um, I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't trust it. Even as a kid, bro, I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've never trusted friendly white people. It's, it's just always just been in my blood. Um, I mean, think about it. One one of the one of the biggest things with um that that shaped George and Rashid, shout out to She's debate career was you know what I'm saying? People, white people giving them the opportunity. We had a racist experience at the University of Kentucky on our debate team. Specifically, me and Rashid did. Uh, ultimately, the entire experience kind of left a bad taste in our mouth. And white, and you know, once the people at the tournament heard about it, they was like, "Well, we want we want to give y'all the opportunity to talk about y'all experience." I was like, "Are the people that was pulling the racist shit? Do they win the tournament?" They was like, "Yeah, we gonna give it to them." Oh yeah, y'all cool, y'all got it. I don't think that don't make sense to me. I don't want your niceness if ultimately you know what I'm saying we you you reward you know what I'm saying like you being nice to me ain't a reward like they the niggas who pulled the shit that 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 causes you to want to have this conversation in the first place like they're winning they get to leave here and say oh all I got to do is listen to some niggas and I get to walk out with the with the championship yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that, that that was my that was always been my relationship to the politics of niceness. I've never trusted, you know, that white value system because if white people attaching themselves to you and being friendly and nice to you, it's it's something about that. Whether it's you know what I'm saying, shout out to Derek Bell and 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 uh, that entrance conversions theory. You know what I'm saying? It's something that they getting out of it. It, it, it I don't know some perversion that Negrophilia that we talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's just it I, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not the type of nigga that's like, oh, I prefer racist white people because I know they racist. That's stupid. (laughs) I prefer nice white people over racist white people. But in terms of, but there's there's an insidiousness about the niceness of uh, of of uh, the politics of niceness associated with white people that makes me extremely uncomfortable. And I've always been aware of it. They said something poignant, like, listen, I grew I grew up on, you can't trust them no further than you can throw them. And that's, I mean, a real life situation. The nicer you are, I've grown to understand the more skeptical I need to try to be or why I can't be distracted by that niceness and I need to be able to hold you accountable. I need to be able to, in the face of that niceness, say some real shit to you and back up. That was a relationship, for example, I had to build with my debate coach. You know what I'm saying? This man... You know what I'm saying? I'm the only black woman on my debate team. Um, I'm the only half the time woman on my debate team. And so it's kind of like he looked out for me. He pulled me aside. You know, I talk about Sam all the time and I tell this story. Um, he put when I got on the team, my first day there, he was like, I want to talk to you after practice. And I'm like, nigga, I just started on the team. I ain't do nothing. We good. It was like, I, I'm just like, I'm a fresh. I, I just, I'm like, well, well, immediately that in spidey senses. But he pulled me in the other room. And he said, listen, I want to tell you something. I know you said in that room and saw what I saw. You was in a room full of white boys. If any one of them ever make you feel uncomfortable, disrespected, or out of place for who you are, how you move, you let me know. And it's, it's handled basically on site. And that was some, you know, gestures and moves like on that. I, I need you to go out of your way. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, forget your allyship or what you think you're doing or the songs. You like Georgia mentioned. You know, we don't like the same songs, like the same stuff, whatever. That's cute. That means you pay the same written bills I pay to watch the same shit I watch and consume the same shit I so uh, consume. But I'm not impressed by that. Go mm-hmm. out of your way to show me Sam that. No ally, though, man. Sam, Sam already was next level accomplice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he also. Man. Like to me, I think that it's a difference. 
But here's what I say too about and so Ellen is that's why I'm skeptical about her because we need you to go out of your way, especially when you get to a certain level of acceptance, comfortability, whatever. Um there are two terms and phrases that I'm familiar with to kind of talk about this, this, this white people who are real nice. In the South, they call it nice nasty. And in Minnesota, mm-hmm. they call it Minnesota nice. You know Minnesota what I'm saying? Nice. For you, uh, darling, and um, bless your heart and stuff like that. When they really being shady, really being rude to you, but they cover it up. The and- uh, I, I think the uh, the ivory tower intellectual word, academic word, would be facetious. Sure, very much. <laughs> facetious and fallacious. <laughs> right? And so you have, you know, those types of situations where. You know, that is very muchly a coded and covertly way that you can be rude in general. And then you can double down on that if you're trying to be racist because you're just being, you know, charming. You're just being cute, but still being dismissive and problematic. And I've seen similar behavior up in Minnesota where they, you know, it's just the way you talk and the way you do it, where you can be dismissive and displace people and still be sweet as pie. But your intention is being understood and heard and how you talking to people is, is you know, definitely a thing. And yeah. so you can't trust none of it. I've seen it all. No yeah, I say, I say Noel says, so what is the middle ground between nice and racist? How should uh, how, how should honest intention be given when you don't have the chance to demonstrate it in uh, uh, through action? I think specifically the politics of niceness that I'm talking about is when you're faced with a race, a, a situation that deals with race or racism. A racialized situation. Racialized, but how you deal with it. A yeah. racialized situation presents itself and your first instinct is to display your politics of niceness. This is not the time to show me that you're nice. You mm-hmm. feel me? To me, you know what I'm saying? I think that in terms of being a, a, a accomplice or being an ally, that also goes in terms of gender and in terms of sexuality. You feel me? So to me, I feel like if I'm faced with a situation of heteronormativity, this is not the time for me to show how nice I am. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think that if I'm if I'm presented with a situation of gender violence or gender discrimination, this is not the time to show how nice I can be to women. You know what I'm saying? This is time for me to call out the bullshit. You feel me? So I think that you know that's that to me that's the middle ground. You feel and, me? And 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 to take it to another level, in terms of because specifically intentions, and this is this is something that I know a lot of white people worried about. So the white listeners, <laughs> listen close. Intention does not outweigh the uncomfortability or the irritation or the frustration of whiteness. So even though your intentions may have been, you know, or even if you have good intentions, if there is some criticism or if there's some frustration that is levied your way, your intentions doesn't supersede that. So true allyship is being able to sit there in that criticism to sit there when niggas is, Fuck the white man. Fuck the, you know what I'm saying? And you sit back and be like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's, and it's not, you know, and it's not being submissive. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that, but it's, it's understanding that it's not about you. It's not about your intentions. Let me, you know what let, I'm me let me say this real quick too, especially in terms of intention, but also in terms of what Marianne is saying in the comments, like, I don't think there's a middle ground between nice and racist. You can be nice and racist. And this is why we have to, when we say racist, we get this image in our mind and somebody's like, you N-word, you F-word, you know what I'm saying? You you N-word, you lazy, or being problematic or being whatever ism, right, is doing it overtly. It's about the gaslighting. Hi, I've been made to feel uncomfortable about something. This made me, no, of course not. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Ellen, Ellen, she wouldn't hurt her fly. The microaggressions, like, well, why, why can't you come in? Is it, is it that you have to babysit for your sister or something like that? Like, what's the, what's the problem? Is it you, you have a, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just I can't, I can't think of a, an example off the top of my head because there's so many different ways that white people find. And it's so normalized. Home, you know, strategic. It's so ways, normalized. Yeah. It, I, I think unintentional microaggressions and implicit bias. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So that racism and that niceness, you know what I mean? Like, eh, but you can be both of them at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. unimpressed. We still got to keep our eyes on you and hold you accountable and hold you to task. That's what I mean when I say going out of the way. Sam went out of the way for me to let me know that it wasn't going to happen on his watch. And that let me know if you was one of the white men in the room being problematic, bro, I'm bringing it on your street and bringing it to your door. You was that committed because now I'm and, taking on that. Let you know. And, and, and that's where you, you got to look at people like Sam and be like, you know, and, and you know, I ain't gonna mention nobody else. We're gonna talk, we're just gonna talk about Sam specifically. Yeah. Uh, uh, where you got to look at that and be like, he empowered a, a, a uh, space where you can challenge whiteness and feel comfortable challenging whiteness. Yeah. Whiteness does not give you the comfortability of challenging it. Typically, you know, when obviously is that Ellen is not for about being what wasn't about being challenged then. And if it's true that she's talking about ending her show, she not a being about challenge. Walk away show, from the show if it wasn't true. She and, and, and look, I, and, and and I want to. Uh, uh, Noelle's comment said she said intention versus impact. In the end, impact matters, and ultimately that's what it is. It's like when you, when you're dealing with hierarchies, when you're dealing with relate uh, uh, like social relationships, social dynamics. The impact of that dynamic and how that plays out is more important than. Well, you know, I I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable, motherfucker. That like when we talk about race and you know, or whether we talk about gender, we talk about sexuality. When we talk about these intersections and how you know are like who we are interacts with other people and they thought processes and they understandings of the world. Right, right. You right. can be the nicest motherfucker on earth, and at the same time, display, advocate, and push forward some of the most fucked up shit. As it pertains to people who don't fit a particular lifestyle that you agree with or hey, a particular ideology. I think that a lot of us can't recognize. I think a lot of people, especially in 2016, was very, very, very surprised by the criticisms to Bill Clinton because he had mastered how to be a lefty, liberal, nice white person. You know what I'm saying? So when we start talking about the crime bill and things like that, it's like in front of us, he's smiling, he's playing saxophones, he's talking about smoking weed and you feel me going on BT and all these talk shows and all this here. You feel me? He was on Arsenio getting it in. What getting it in? You feel me? But behind those, it's like you know he like you know what I mean he he, he calling niggas super predators and, and well his wife copied it. He, he backed it up though. You feel me? He backed <laughs> yeah. it up. It's, it's still called the Clinton yeah. crime bill. That's what they exactly you know that. So 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 I think to uh to cap this off, man. To cap this off, you feel me? Usually on a chop up, we we keep it for the people, with the people, by the people. Usually, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, but but you know what I'm saying, shit. Tonight, bringing it back. Tonight, you know what I'm saying? We we you know what? I ain't gonna speak for my co-host. Tonight, I'm feeling a little bit liberal. You feel me? So to 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 the white listeners out there, fuck out of here. Oh yeah, fuck, listen, fuck out of here. Wait wait for how to question, man. I'm being that was, that was 
pocket of liberal. You ain't catch my eyes with that one. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, nah, nah, I know. So, so Damo, with your straightforward, unapologetic black ass, toy yes, you well. Yes, sir. What would y'all say to the black listeners in conclusion, in terms of this conversation about Ellen generous and allyship, especially since we didn't reference being a accomplice? What would y'all say to the white folks listening right now? Ladies first. Um, people are not impressed, and what you think are moving people ain't moving people. What you think got us, you know, captivated and enamored really ain't ain't getting it. We ain't loyal to nobody who ain't loyal to us, and so you know what I'm saying. Now that the the top the lid is off the pot, now that things are really coming to light, people been talking about this stuff for years, and so now that it's sticking, it's just you got to understand. And white people out there, we are good to white people who are good to us. You know what I'm saying? Paula Dean got caught up. How she got caught up, I guarantee, because she got a little bit too comfortable with some niggas, and they they was like, oh, that's how we playing it. I got something for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and so you got to be careful. Playing that ally game because we gonna hold you and hold your feet to the fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't ever think don't ever think you're too cool to get yourself caught up because that's how Ellen. You know what I'm saying? She thought she was too cool, and now look at it. She about to pay for with her show and the second part of her her legacy. You know what I'm saying? The first part was her being a trailblazer and a game changer and the first to do some stuff, but the second part of her legacy. Hey Jay Z said. Hey Jay Z said. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. My God, <laughs> that's what, yeah. like all in and, and and that's where we at, man. I think uh, ultimately, oh, Ellen, uh, you didn't live long enough to see yourself as the villain. Oh, Ellen. Um, I think I think the beauty, in Afro, <laughs> I, but I, I think the the beauty in Afro pessimism, um, is that once you get over the you know depressing nature of understanding the permanence of racism and the role that it plays in everything and how. Everything has racism uh, um, situated in it and formatting it and, and informing it. You feel me? Once you get past that, everything else is cool. Like, oh, yeah, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Once I, once I was able to look at, like, every white person with the potential to display racism, every, like, every person has the potential to be anti-black. Every person is invested in anti-blackness. Once, once I was able, I can't say every person is invested. Every person is taught to be invested and anti-blackness. Once I was able to understand that, everything else comes easy. Right. That means that if you show me anything different, now I have a reason to be like, oh, okay, yeah. But when it comes to celebrity culture, y'all know, as I always say, man, that shit is TV. When the fuck... What they say, believe uh, half... Uh, believe none of what you see and half of what you hear. Facts. Or is it the other way around? Yeah, yeah it's, believe, it's believe nothing you hear and half of what you see, right? Some shit like that. You said it right the first time. I mean, we don't believe right. shit. Don't trust uh, it. <laughs> don't trust it. You know, <laughs> you know, the first really of all, I trust everybody else I check out. You know what I'm saying? And if I don't like what I see, you out of the period. You know what I'm saying? Like, like ultimately, we hey, need to just be, You know what I'm saying? Nothing we, is absolute and everything is questionable. Everything yeah. is questionable. Ultimately, black people need to have the understanding that when, when we talk about what's considered normal, normal was defined by whiteness. Love it or hate it, like it, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Normal is defined by whiteness. So anything that's normative, anything that's that you consider to be, you know, just a part of existence, like we need to question that. So when we see, you know, just because we see people like displaying characters on TV screen, that should be the first thing we question. That's what fucked me up about celebrity culture, because it's like 
we have more than enough reason to question the people that they put on our TV because we know what we see here is not real. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And in closing, you know, without I saying, can't say more. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can't say more. We know you can but say I won't. more. Say more man. We, <laughs> but hey, I won't. <laughs> it's time to cap this thing out. You feel me? To the white listeners in this conversation about, you know, uh, Ellen, Ellen and allyship. We call this the culture chop. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going I'm just going hedge this on two 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 words you feel me you know what i'm saying it's, it's the a and the r you feel me accountability and risk you know what i'm saying when it comes to being a ally you know what i'm saying we want you to be an accomplice you feel me the difference between an ally and accomplice an ally is somebody that's gonna lead on the sideline like oh my god your black lives matter Ooh, that's good i'm gonna hashtag put something out make a true cool trendy post whatever you feel me to me an accomplice is somebody that's willing to you know what i'm saying put something on the wrist i think about it in terms of a legal legal aspect when somebody says you're an accomplice to a crime that means that you partook you know what i'm saying in the risk and you know what i'm saying what would like what would happen you know what i'm yeah. saying and so the shit. benefit oh in the benefit you feel me but but though no, you you know what i'm saying you you helped you was accomplish in it, you feel me? The job. i would say yeah. that i would say that john brown was an accomplice he wasn't an ally you feel me like he he, he literally had an investment a stake on you know what I'm saying? Black liberation. You feel me? But in right. terms of this R and this A, you feel me? It's A and this R. Accountability and risk. You feel me? What are you willing to be held accountable for? And what are you willing to hold other people accountable for? And what are you willing to risk in terms of this thing of, about progression? You know what I'm saying? As y'all can hear, my two-year-old in the background, they're going live. And I love it. Live. <laughs> live. This whole episode, you know what I'm saying? That was the conscious chop. You feel me? This has been the chop up. You know what I'm saying? I got any important things y'all want to say. Well, y'all know we got to do this. We got to, uh, we got to, we definitely got to shout out. If you have an iPhone, go to your, go to your Apple mute, wherever you, you know what I'm saying, get whatever your shit from, from my chop up show. Or, we're not, but specifically, specifically, we need y'all to go to our Apple because we, we, we switched our name over to the chop up show and we kind of changed some things in Apple. To where we our RSS feed is now associated with the Chop Up Show, and not you know what I'm saying just the Chop Up Podcast or whatever what it was initially. So we need y'all views, we need y'all rankings, we need y'all votes, we need y'all comments, we need y'all. Uh, man, we need y'all to go engage the Chop Up Show on Spotify and on iTunes, and, and let us know what you want. Give us some real yeah. engagement. I'm talking about like, share, comment, equivalence to what you do on a podcast. And you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, iTunes, yeah. Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, I'm actually, y'all, y'all gonna be able, uh, look in, in in about a couple of days or so. We're gonna be on, um, we're gonna be on uh, what iHeartRadio. You feel me? So check it out wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. Uh, we break it up into segments. So whatever part, hey, if I annoyed you with the political chop, y'all just go check out the conscious chop. And if that's all you want to listen to, you got the opportunity to just listen to that part. Make sure y'all leave y'all comments, y'all rate. Make sure y'all subscribe to the channel at the Chop Up Show on YouTube. So, uh, make sure y'all follow the YouTube, uh, the Facebook page at the Chop Up Show on Facebook, and make sure y'all following us on Instagram at the Chop Up Show on Instagram. Toy G. That's the that on that. We'll talk to y'all next Monday, quarantine Monday, the chop up show popping in on y'all. Until then, y'all be easy, stay breezy. Uh, jump into a DM, let us know what you want to talk about. Is something going on in the week? We'll see if we can uh, jump on top of that.
Until yeah, hey, it's, it's it's not always easy for these topics. Up. So if y'all got some shit that y'all want to hear the chop up talk about, please let us know. We put out videos throughout the week. Comment on them videos. Let us know. Comment on that content. Let us know. Hey, we need y'all to get on this. We need y'all talking about this. We here for the people. I just said that, but I love y'all. Um, I was big. I thought I was backing you up. Boosting it. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I let y'all in. Yo, yeah, it's been I'm, easy. I'm the takeoff of the group. Stop. 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 No, George is the Beyonce. I don't know where you try to place me. We George is the Beyonce. But look, yeah, it's man. been real. You said what to you? I just told the people good evening from the takeoff. Anyway, just because she got the takeoff braids, she thinks she takes. But look, <laughs> it's been real. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. This is the, the chop, chop up. up chisel pizzle. We out. <laughs>